right, Matthew chapter 16. Let's look in verse 13. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which, was, which is in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Uh, we thank you for just uh, heaven. Thank you for the promise of heaven. Uh, this ain't it. This, this, while we're here, this, this ain't what it's about. We're just sojourning. And Lord, I'm glad there's a heaven one day out there. And I'm very thankful for the one who came and died for me so that I could get to heaven, so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for Jesus Christ that gave himself for us. We ask that if there's one here that's lost, I pray they'd come to be saved today, come to know you in the free pardon of sin, that they would trust you. And Lord, I pray you'd help the one that needs help today. Touch us in flesh and in body. I pray that you would strengthen us, anoint us afresh in that from heaven. And God, I pray that you would touch our mind, our heart, help our throat today. And Lord, I pray you'd just guard us and guide us in this preaching. Lord, that we would say what needs to be said, but not anything that don't need to be. And Lord, we'll give you the glory for it all. We're happy to be saved and happy to be here. And Lord, we thank you for it. Save that sinner's news tale for all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You be seated. Uh, Brother Jeff taught this scripture not too long ago in Sunday school as uh, he dealt with that and dealt with these verses on down through here in verses 18 and 19. And a lot of people have a lot of things to think about verses 18 and 19 when he went on to say, And I say unto, unto thee, thou art Peter, uh, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth uh, shall be loosed in heaven. I want you to take your Bible and go to the book of Ephesians chapter 2 this morning, just real quick. I'll get started in the message, but go to Ephesians 2 with me this morning. Uh, and we're going to deal with verse 18 real quick, lest some of you say I wanted to avoid it today. Uh, but in Ephesians chapter 2, I want you to see something here. A lot of people, they, uh, they shy away from that verse or they'll allow, and, and we can argue about the point of it later if you want to. Uh, when he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. Uh, a lot of people want to go back to say he is the rock, and he is the rock. Amen. We're going to find out he is uh, the chief cornerstone. We understand that and know that. Uh, but by the way, if you look in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20, uh, we'll look in verse 19. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and with the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the who? Of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. It all started with him, and we need to get a hold of that. Uh, but those men that he called, those men that he sent out, 
They are a part of the foundation. Uh, they laid the foundation that we have today. Uh, uh, those 12 men that he sent out to preach and then he called the Apostle Paul uh, uh, that laid the foundation into the Gentile church uh, uh, and he said, I'll build my church uh, uh, and he started it with these men. I believe that today. I believe he started his church with those men right there, with him being the chief cornerstone. It's all because of him and built on him. And he talks about in verse 19, and I'll give unto the keys, unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And Brother Jeff dealt with that so great the other day, talking about all the apostolic power uh, that those men had, that God had given them, Jesus had given them, and we talked about that in Sunday school, uh, uh, about what they could uh, do. That I mean, the more work, I mean, what was it Jesus said? Uh, he said, you'll do greater works uh, uh, than I've done. And that's what he told his disciples over there. Uh, and like I say, Peter, I believe it was Peter that could walk to the street uh, and even his very shadow uh, could touch them and he would be healed. Uh, and so but I want to look at uh, what uh, he asked two questions in verse 13 and, and, in verse, and in verse 15. He asked his disciples, whom do men say uh, uh, that I, the Son of Man, am? And they answered him. Uh, he said, well, some believe that you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Uh, some say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And if we went out today and we asked the world uh, who Jesus is, uh, we're going to get all kinds of responses. Uh, we just celebrated Christmas and uh, we come through that and he's that babe that uh, lays in the manger. And that's all that a lot of folk know uh, about Jesus Christ. Uh, they just know how to celebrate uh, uh, Christmas uh, and see him as that babe. Uh, uh, some, they have no clue who he is. Uh, some believe that he was a good man that went about doing good, uh, uh, but he was no more than a man. But then he asked his disciples this, but whom say ye that I am? And so Peter so greatly answered that question when he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And there was no more fitting answer that Peter could give. And by the way, the Lord told him, uh, he said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Amen. And so this morning, I want to ask you a question. Uh, uh, who is Christ Jesus to you? Who is he uh, uh, to you? The Bible has many names uh, uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible called him the Alpha and Omega. He was the advocate, the beloved son, the captain of our salvation. Uh, he's the chief cornerstone as we've already seen. The door uh, and the everlasting, floor, uh, the, the everlasting father, uh, the glory of the Lord, the great high priest, the head of the church, the I am, the king of kings and Lord of lords. Man of sorrows, the Messiah, the light of the world, the root of David, the Prince of Peace and the Resurrection, the Life. And there's many other names that we could call the Lord Jesus Christ today of who He is. But I want to look at just a handful of things and a handful of titles that He should have that I honestly believe that He should have in our life. Uh, can I say that first of all, uh, uh, number one, as a saved person, uh, uh, he ought to be your guide this morning. I think the Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, ought to be the one that leads uh, uh, and directs us and influences us uh, and gives us direction uh, in our life. 
Boy, I'm telling you, I, I pray all the time. I don't know what it is. The older I get, I, uh, I don't know if it's just, the, uh, maybe I'm weak in faith. I don't know. I, but it seems the older I get, the more I realize I, that I really need Him uh, to be ever evident uh, in my life. I mean, there, there's been times I can think back uh, uh, that I just knew I was headed in the right path. Uh, my faith was strong uh, and things were working out good. Uh, I, and a lot of times we put him on the back burner uh, and maybe not even talk to him about some things. Uh, uh, but this thing right here, when I say that I need a God, uh, when I say he's my God, implies uh, that I need one. Amen. I need a God. I need somebody to help me uh, and guide me along the way. I, I thought about I, I, I thought about that eunuch uh, uh, over there that Philip went over there uh, uh, to preach to, you know. Uh, uh, and, he, and he tells Philip uh, uh, over in the book of Acts. And let's see if we can find that there real quick. Uh, uh, of, of when he goes out there uh, and, and he's going to preach to that eunuch. Is it in, uh, is it in chapter 9? I believe it may be in Acts chapter 9. Uh, uh, no, that's where, that's where Paul uh, uh, gets saved. That's where he gets saved at. Uh, but let's see if we can find it there. Uh, and uh, mm, we'll get here eventually maybe. Oh, it is in chapter 8. That's close. Uh, 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 Acts chapter 8. Uh, uh, and, uh, and this gentleman, the eunuch, uh, was reading out of the book of, of Isaiah chapter 53. And uh, boy, he just, uh, he, he ends up... Uh, uh, preaching to him, but let's look. Uh, let's let's look in verse twenty nine. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself uh, to this chariot. Now, uh, can can I say something? There's times that we just hand out tracts, or we tell folk Jesus loves you and wants to save you, and that's good. But there's times that the Holy Spirit's going to impress on you to talk to somebody. Amen. He's going to make an opportunity for you to talk to somebody about Him. Well, don't miss that opportunity. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I accept some man should what? Guide me. Well, I'm glad somebody guided me into salvation. I'm glad the Holy Spirit uh, held my heart that night uh, uh, when I went to get saved. I knew I was lost. I, I knew I needed to get saved. I wanted to get saved. And boy, that's the great thing about a Savior. I'll get tired in a minute. Uh, uh, when you come and kneel before Him uh, realizing you're lost and want to get saved, uh, He will save you. And I thank God for that today. If you'll come believing in Him and trusting in Him. But I love what the Bible said right here about Philip when he said, how can I accept man? Some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb done before his shear. So he opened not his mouth. His humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh this prophet this of himself or some other man. Let me park right here. This fellow was looking for something, but he had no clue of what he was looking for. He didn't know who he was looking for. He didn't know what 
was going on, but he knew he needed something. He didn't know what it was, but he needed something. And thank God, I come to the place where I realized that I needed something, and I knew who it was. Amen. But then in verse 35, I'd have loved to have been on that desert over there that day. I'd just standing behind the cactus somewhere. And the Bible said in verse 35, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Well, that'd have been some more message. Can you imagine Philip preaching over there in the desert to this eunuch about Jesus out of Isaiah chapter 53? Boy, that'd have been something else. I'm glad for that. I'm glad I got guided into salvation one day. Listen, you may be here and you may not be saved. You can get guided into salvation. I'm glad the Holy Spirit can guide us and help us into getting saved. But listen to this. He guided me to himself. Uh, and I mean but then uh, uh, now he guides my life he gave me a book right here uh, what was it in Psalms 119 uh, uh, the psalmist said thy word is a lamp unto my feet uh, and a light uh, unto my path uh, you want to know how to find a guide in your life uh, I'm holding it in my hand today uh, uh, thank God for this old blessed book uh, uh, that I have that I can read uh, uh, that I can follow and I know uh, I know know that it's the truth of God's word. Amen. I'm thankful for that today. I'm thankful that he leads me and guides me out of this book. I need a guide. You need a guide in your life. That is somebody that is showing you, leading you, giving you direction, influencing you in the way to go. Who's your guide today? Listen to me, church member, say, person, who's your guide? Are you guiding your life or is Jesus Christ guiding your life? Listen to me, young people, you better let Jesus guide you now. You better let Jesus have your heart now. You better let Jesus uh, uh, tag your life now uh, and let him guide now uh, uh, and he'll keep you out of trouble, amen? Well, would to God I'd have done that a whole lot earlier in life. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I've been safe for a long time, uh, but I, I'm just going to tell you, just letting him guide, letting him lead the way, letting him lead the way. Y'all remember that message? Some of y'all remember this. I preached on tug of war one time. Had these two boys up here and had me tied off between them, you know. And, and you can only get guided one way. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have the way you want to go and you're going to have the way that the devil wants you to go and you're going to have the way that the Lord wants you to go. And you just need to follow him. You need to learn to pray and seek God and read your Bible. Listen, that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. John 16, Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. He'll guide you into truth. The right way to go. Psalms chapter 23, you ought to know this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. David said, he's my guide, he's my shepherd, and he'll be there to guide us when we don't know the way to go. I thought about the, uh, the, the book of Romans over there when we don't know uh, how to guide, when we don't know what to do, and we don't even know what to pray for. He said that he would pray for us, and I thank God uh, for that. Number two, he's not only my guide, but he's my friend. Well, you can't find a better... This is going to be a simple message, by the way, church. 
Uh, you can't find a better friend than Jesus. You can't. You cannot find a better friend than Jesus. I thought about that scripture over Matthew chapter 11 when I got to this point and was studying. Matthew 11, the Bible said, for, and here's Jesus talking. He said, for John came neither eating nor drinking, uh, and, they, and they say he hath a devil. That's what they said about John. He, he didn't eat nor drink. And they said, John's got a devil. But boy, when Jesus showed up in verse 19, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, behold, a man gluttonous had a wine bibber and a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. Boy, ain't you glad that last part right there? He was not a wine bibber nor gluttonous, but he was a friend of sinners and publicans. He sure was. I'm glad that he come to be my friend. I'll be honest with you, the only way, the only way you ever going to win somebody is to be friendly to them. You, you, you can't go out there and be hateful. We, we, I, I don't know how it is. I'm just, I've been an independent Baptist for so long, and I know I'm hard on independent Baptists. Sometimes we deserve it. Amen. I know. I, I, I preach on me because I know about me. I, I, sometimes we, we just get so hateful with people if we ain't careful. And, and, and I remember one time, uh, we, we, me and Kelly was traveling. Uh, we was headed south. I, was, we, I think we was going to Savannah anyway. Uh, we got down south of Atlanta, somewhere down there, Macon, somewhere down in that area. Uh, and, and we come in about 1 o'clock at night. And, and I remember coming in, that little girl waited on us there at, uh, at the desk. And, uh, and, and when we got done checking in, I remember handing her a track. And I just telling her, take this and read it when you have some time. It'll help you. Uh, and we got on up to the room, and the room was good, except when we laid down to go to sleep, it's like the next floor on top of us, people were constantly walking back and forth, back and forth. Now, you know how hard that is to go to sleep when you hear... You can't go to sleep like that. And uh, so Kelly called down to the desk, and, uh, and she said, well, I'll come up and check things out. And, uh, and uh, I guess she come up and check things out. I don't know, it's still going on. Didn't know what was going on. Uh, uh, but she said, if you want a new room, you come down here and we'll get you a new room. And uh, I, I remembered as, as I got off the elevator, and I rounded that corner, she seen me coming. And here's what I was thinking to myself as I was walking down through there. You can't go up here and be hateful. You've done give her a gospel track. Now that's exactly what was in my heart and in my mind. You can't go up here and be hateful out of this young lady because you've done told her you were a Christian. You've done showed her the love of Christ. And if you come in here, even though it's like 2.30 and I'm tired and I don't want to go to bed. And when I walked up to that counter, she said, would you like another room? I said, I sure would. She said, what room do you want? That's what she said. She said, what room do you want? I said, well, just give me one on further on down. She gave us a good room. We went to sleep that night and got up and left. But you know what happens, friend? Some, sometimes we, and I know people catch us on bad days, but man, our, our attitude and, and our example and our witness before people matters. It matters to win somebody out of Jesus Christ. It matters. I want him to see my friend. I want somebody to see my friend. Ain't you glad he was a friend that got you to himself today? But this friend will always be there. I'm asking you, who is Jesus to you? You know, that's what he asked his disciples, but whom do you say that I am? Well, who is he to you? 
Is he your guide? Is he your friend? I mean, listen, he's a friend that'll always be there. Proverbs said a man that hath friends must first show himself friendly. And there is a friend that seeketh closer than a brother. Now that's true in the physical sense. There are friends out there that will be closer to you than a brother ever will be. But I really believe this applies to the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he'll stick closer to you than anybody else can. He'll always be there. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He's my friend. A friend is somebody that you can count on. A friend is somebody you can talk to. A friend is somebody that you've got things in common with and that you want to spend time together with somebody. Hey, somebody, there's folk out there that I'm acquaintances with. Uh, I'll spend time with them when I need to. Uh, there are folks out there that... Uh, I'll just be honest with you, I just soon don't spend time with them. <laughs> and some of them say they're church members and saved. I, I hope they are. Uh, I'll be kind to them, but I don't want to spend no time with them. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. Now, I'll live peaceable with them, but I, I don't want to spend no time with them. But you know, when you've got a friend, you want to spend time with them. Amen. You want to be around them. Listen, my best friend in here today is my wife. I, I love to spend time with my wife. I'm not saying it because I have to. I'm saying it because I want to. And, and I count you all my friends today. And I like spending time with you. But boy, I'm telling you, the greatest friend that you'll ever have is Jesus Christ. Yes, he cares for your soul like nobody else does. He wants to help you when nobody else can. He'll guide you. Uh, listen, even when, that's the good thing about a friend. Even when you mess up, they're still your friend. A friend, you know, the Bible said in Proverbs 17 that a friend loveth at all times. Friend loveth at all times. I thought, I thought, about, I thought about two examples in the Bible. One was with Jonathan and David. Uh, the Bible talks about in 1 Samuel 18 it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul that, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Man, if you read the story about Jonathan, they, they were best friends. Them boys were tight. I mean tight. I mean, go read it. Nothing perverted like the world wants to make it today. They were just tight. They just loved each other. I mean, they were just friends, best friends. But you know what I, I begin to think about? I begin to think about Ruth and Naomi. And, and, and you, you, remember, you remember what uh, Naomi wanted Ruth to do? She wanted her to go back home. When, when their husbands had died and Ruth's husband had died... Elimelech had died, or Naomi's husband had died, Elimelech, and, and here she's, and, and, and God had given bread back to Bethlehem, Judah, and she was going to go home, and she told her two daughter-in-laws, she said, I want you to go back home to your family. And so Orpha went back, that was one of her daughter-in-laws. But here's what Ruth said. Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. Hmm. For whether thou goest, I will go. And whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. And where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee from me. That's a friend. She loved her mother-in-law, Naomi, so much that she was willing to leave Moab and go back to Bethlehem, Judah. Now listen, 
I, I, I believe there were some ulterior motives right here. I, I believe that probably uh, Naomi uh, and Elimelech might have told her some stories about the God of Israel. I believe that she probably had heard some stories uh, about the God of Israel. So, I mean, you got to remember that Moab had been defeated by Israel when they come up out of the land of Egypt and all those things, you know, with Og and Sihon and all those times. You remember it's Balak, King Balak of Moab that wanted, wanted Balaam to curse Israel. You remember that? Listen, she's a Moabitess, Ruth was, and no doubt she had heard all those stories. But I don't believe that's why she went back and all in my heart, I believe she went back because she loved Naomi. Boy, that friend will stick closer than a brother. That friend will do what? That friend will love you at all times. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And even though sometimes you might get like Naomi and kind of get standoffish and don't want him around, I I don't want anything to do, he's like this. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving you at all. Think about that. You know, I mean, she got down to the end, Ruth did, uh, and she said, where you die, will I die, and there will I be buried. She said, they're going to bury me right next to you. That's where I'm going to be at. Boy, a friend is just good to have. As iron sharpeneth iron, so sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. It's good to get around people that you're friends with, ain't it? I'm talking about good friends. It's just good. It's just good. A friend that'll listen. A friend that'll bring you comfort when you need it. A good friend will bring you correction when you need it. They'll tell you, hey, you ain't right right here. They won't let you go on in in the direction that you're headed. They'll say, hey, you need to do something right here about yourself. A friend. Who is Jesus to you? He's my guide and he's my friend. But number three, he's my help. That word help means to aid or to assist or lend strength to. He's my help. How many times have you ever needed help? I mean help. I mean you ain't going to get it done if Jesus don't come by. I, I, I I I mean there's times in life that and friend, we can go on and, 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 and we can serve Christ and today's a good day and it don't seem like we need a whole lot. But I'm going to be honest with you, there comes times in life we just need some help. Amen. We, just, we just need God to come by the Lord Jesus Christ and need some help. Psalms 116, Psalms 116, David said this, The Lord preserveth the simple, I was brought low and he helped me. How many times have we ever been brought low and we just needed the Lord's help? We needed him to help us. You know, that's why he gave us uh, the throne of grace. What was it he said in Hebrews 4? Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace uh, uh, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to what? To help in a time of need. Some of you all are sitting right here right now and you're thinking about all the times that he's been a help to you. You're thinking about that. You, you can sit back and you think back over your life. I'd have never made it. I'd have not made it through this had Jesus not helped me. Amen. Had he not been my friend and my guide uh, and showed up when he did. Uh, you know, David talks about it one time in the book of Psalms. Had the Lord not come by, it would have got me. This whole situation would have got me had he not 
help to me. You know what it means when you need help? That means you can't do it yourself. That's what it means. You ain't gonna be able to get it done. No matter how long we go, I'm glad today, friend, I, I, that he can help us out of the lowest point and the lowest spot of life, he can help us. I thought about Elijah. Elijah could not get much lower sitting under the juniper tree, but he did. What do you mean he did? Well, he ended up over in the cave. I mean, at least under the juniper tree, he could see the sunshine. He was depressed, discouraged, and despondent under the juniper tree. But then he found himself, he had to travel from the northern part of Israel all the way to the southern part, and he found himself sitting in a cave. And in that cave, it was dark. Think about that. It's not light in a cave. It's not light in a cave. It's dark in a cave. And so now he's not under the juniper tree. He's sitting in a cave. And there he is. There he is. God's man. There he is. God's used him. There he is. God's done great work with his life. There he is. Sitting in the cave. You in the cave this morning. You remember what the Lord asked him when he came by? He said, Elijah, he said, what doest thou here? What are you doing here? What are you doing where you're at today? There was a preacher one time that got so discouraged and depressed he got in the bed. And he stayed in the bed. And this is the tale that was told and I believe it to be true. And Brother Langston uh, sent him a message. Wrote him a note. And sent him a message. And you know what the note... Now this is what they said. It said, and I guess it did. If they lied, I'm lying too, I guess. But here's what the note said. I don't guess they make them like they used to. Boy, that seems like a word of encouragement, don't it? Huh? I don't guess they make them like they used to. You know what they said? The old preacher got out of bed and got started again. He done gone on to be with the end of heaven now. That preacher is. And he dealt with that a lot. But you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, the Lord just asked him, He said, What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? The Bible said in Psalms 28, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and my song will I praise him. You know, he said right here, I trusted in him and I'm helped. You want to have some help from the Lord, you're going to have to trust him. You're going to have to trust him. You're going to have to find a place that you can just trust the Lord and trust that he will do what he said he would do. What did he say he would do? That brings me to number four. He's my keeper. No matter what we face, he's going to keep us. I thought about Ephesians 1 when I got saved. Ephesians 1, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also that you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption and the purchased possession 
and the praise of his glory. Ephesians 4, 37, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. 2 Timothy 1 said, for that which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. I know whom I believed and I am persuaded. He's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. That's me. I've committed me. My soul has been committed to him. Me's been committed to him. And I'm trusting that. He's keeping me. I trust that today. I'm not doing the keeping. I can't do the keeping. You know why I've kept my sanity all these years? Because he's keeping my sanity. I'd have went crazy a long time ago. (laughs) I would have. I'm not poking fun at that situation. You think I am, but I'm not. You're the pastor of Baptist Church. You'll go crazy. You'll go nuts. And let me say this again. This has been a great church to pastor. I couldn't imagine if it was a bad church. I mean, I listen to some of them boys talking. I'm thinking, boys, I wouldn't fool with that. I'd go find me one. Somebody wanted to serve God. Amen. It ain't that we ain't had our problems and our troubles. I'm just saying that He's done the keeping. He's the one that keeps my sanity. He's the one that gives me the joy and keeps my comfort in my life. He keeps all these things for me. Why? He's my friend. Amen. He's my God. But He's my keeper. He's my help. And He sees me through it all. He asked that question, but whom say ye that I am? Last of all, can I tell you I'm glad he's my Savior. Listen, he's the Savior of the whole world. I understand that. Hereby know we that dwell in, hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his Spirit. You don't know if you're saved or not. His Holy Spirit residing on the inside. There's something inside of me that's different. Amen. There's something still talks to me. Amen. We were coming home the other night. It was Christmas night. Me and my wife, we'd stumbled across the radio station. And sometimes just going back and listening to some music that you grew up with, it just it kind of brings back some memories of some, some old times. And we'd stumbled across a song and we're sitting there listening to it. And, and, and the Holy Spirit began to deal with my heart. And he said, here's what he said. What are you doing listening to this song? Wasn't a bad song. But I had no business listening to it. And, and I am so glad. Listen, my flesh ain't going to tell me that. My flesh ain't going to say, hey, what are you doing listening to this? But something inside of me said, hey, what are you doing listening to this? You have no business doing that. I told my wife, I said, I've got to turn this off. She said, turn it off then. Okay, click. That's what we've done. I'm glad. I'm glad the Holy Spirit resides on the inside and it still bothers me when I need to be bothered. I'm glad of that. But he went on to say this, Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. 
You know, you only find that terminology twice in the Bible, Savior of the world. You find it one right here in 1 John chapter 4. You find the other one in John 4. And verse 42. John 4 has to deal with the woman at the well. And you remember she went over and she told everybody everything that happened. And she said, surely this is the Christ. And he went over there into their town and preached to them and showed them some things. And they finally come to the woman and here's what they said. Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. He is a, he'll save anybody and everybody that'll come to him. I looked up that word Savior. It's one who saves or preserves. But then Webster went on to say this. Noah went on to say this. But properly only applied to Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> he is the one who saves and preserves. He gave himself. The Bible said and he is the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only but for the sins of the whole world. He's the Savior of the whole world. Can I ask you something this morning? Is he your Savior? He's my Savior. He saved my soul. He saved my soul. For He has made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. That's what happened to me when I got saved. I got made the righteousness of God in Him. What's that mean, preacher? It's very simple. Jesus took my sins at Calvary and I took His righteousness that night on my knees. Amen. Boy, at a Baptist church, just as a young man, I got His righteousness applied unto my life. What about you this morning? Who is He to you? By whom say you that I am? Whom say you? He's my guide. He's my friend. He's my helper. He's my keeper. And He's my Savior. Is He those things to you this morning? Let's bow our heads this morning if we would cross the house.